LLC Tech Learn Coffee. I'm your host, Lisa Nowakowski, along with Nancy Minicozzi, and I'm a fifth grade teacher in South Monterey County. Hi, and I'm Nancy, and I'm an ed tech coach in Northwest LA County. All right, I just want to remind you of our podcast focus. We are accessible on your schedule, so we do the short video formats, and we have a question section. We know that your time is valuable. So in order to get your questions answered, contact us on our website, uh, tlc.ninja. And it is personalized mobile PD, and listen when you want to. So our random coffee fact for the oh, excuse me our random coffee fact for today is about coffee consumption. I know that people have the impression that you know in the U.S. we drink a lot of coffee and we do, but did you know that the most coffee is consumed in Finland, where they consume 9.6 kilos per capita per year? Uh, quite a lot of coffee. Uh, second place is Norway, and third place is the Netherlands. Brazil is in 10th place, Italy is 18th, and the USA doesn't show up until 22nd place. We only consume 3 kilos of coffee per year per person, 3.1. And so, Nancy, you cut out a little bit on that one, and so we missed that Finland was number one with 9.6. Oh, no. yes, was 9 yes. Finland was number one with 9.6 followed by Norway and the Netherlands. And we caught and the rest of that. Yep. Okay. Awesome. So Thank you. there we go. And tonight we have Jan Peterson as our guest. She's a second grade teacher from Lower Lake Elementary School in Lake County. So Jan, tell us a little bit about yourself, who you are, where you teach, what you teach. Take it away. Okay. I'm Jan Peterson and I teach at Lower Lake like we mentioned. I have been teaching for 46 years, and um, I enjoy teaching second grade. But throughout all of this, uh, these experiences of teaching, I found that technology has worked for me in the classroom. And I just want to share a little bit about that, if I could. We would love to hear about it. So, um, so how do how do you infuse technology into your lessons and into your classroom? Well, about 10 years ago, you know, I wanted to provide a playful learning environment for my class. And so in order to do that, I was able to get uh, Chromebooks for each one of my students. And we use that as an actual textbook. And uh, the students have an opportunity to open up their Chromebooks, and we do a lot of study on various subjects. I also have it to where it's ongoing, so we have community labs where the students some are working on science, some on technology, some on engineering, art, math, and hopefully getting our music in. So what I've done is I've provided technology throughout the whole day, and I immerse it into what I call the makerspace. And uh, it's been really successful, and all my students are engaged. So I'll probably continue doing that. Well, that's exciting. So what kind of makerspace things do you do in your classroom uh, with the technology? Right. We, we do Lego education, uh, which is, uh, I've purchased a lot of we do kits and a lot of story starters, and the students are able to create things and then write things using uh, the Chromebooks or with Google Docs. Also, I allow my students to work on um, this visual learning where they're actually uh, visualizing things. They color it on a piece of paper, and it's called cardboard uh, 
visual arts where they look inside and the characters move around. Um, I also have a draw builder set where the students actually do construction with uh, creating bridges and things of that sort. Um, see some of the other skills we do, um, I use the Ozbot characters, so we do programming in that where I teach the kids how to do programming and coding. I use Scratch Junior and also I use other coding techniques. Well, that's that's terrific. And Jan, I'd like to ask you a question because this is something that comes up for me a lot in my job. Um, teachers talk about second graders not being able to use the computer because they don't have the keyboarding uh, typing skills. Right. Has that been an issue for you, or how do you address that? Right. Well, there's so many websites now that uh, that are free that offer the students to um, learn how to type, and there's really cute dance.org, different little websites where the kids actually do what they're told to do and the little character dances around. So I do take some time with that and I encourage them how to hold, you know, use both hands so they don't do a lot of crisscrossing. Um, it seems to work and um, I haven't had an issue with that. So, no, uh, you have to let go sometimes of it. Sometimes they will do that, uh, you know, just going crisscross with their fingers and not hitting the correct you know key that they're supposed to hit but overall they I think they do a pretty good job for second graders I haven't had a problem yet so well that's great I'm glad to hear that because I think that people are afraid to let kids try to use the computer because it's going to take too long mm -hmm. and I think you've reassured a lot of people out there well, another thing I do also is um, I have index cards, and each child has their own index card with their Gmail account, their username, well, which would be their username, their password, and they have it there beside them, and so they just get so much in practice of different, uh, first they do that, then they go into the various websites. So as long as you organize it and you have something to draw from, it seems to work fairly well. We use SumDog and Prodigy. There's a lot of different uh, websites. The kids seem to pick up on it and learn quite quickly. Well, that's, that's great. great. And I, I'd like to ask a question. So you said that you have your students have the index cards with their username and password in it. Have you had any trouble? Because I've heard teachers also um, express a concern that, well, what if a kid gets into another kid's account? You know, how do we deal with that? Have you had issues like that? And if so, how have you dealt with that? Uh, I haven't had issues with that in second grade, but I have gone to conferences where it seems like for the older students that is an issue, and a teacher tends to walk around and they can actually see like if they share something and you read what they shared because you have access to do that, and if you see something that's inappropriate, they just take the Chromebook away from them and then they don't use it for a certain period of time. So. Um, in my situation, this hasn't been a problem at the younger level, but I could see where older grades might share messages back and forth and wouldn't be appropriate. So you have to stay on top of that one because <laughs> they do tend to do that. Yeah. So. Right. I think that's important that the tool of technology is exactly that, a tool where, as you said, the teacher is still walking around and the teacher right. is still engaged and it's not a babysitting tool. 
exactly. had that conversation today with somebody. Yes. So, um, so what are some of your other um, management tips that you might have for others? Um, well, just giving you know class jobs to the students that they're responsible for certain things. Also, with the Chromebooks, um, they're assigned a number, so they they know that the number Chromebook is 15, and they have to match it. You know, they they know to go get Chromebook 15, and they need to take good care of it and return it. So, uh, the management of just making them responsible for it. Also, when we go in and out for recess, I put the Chromebook in what they call a courtesy mode, so they don't have to keep going back in and putting in their uh, Gmail account. You leave it down low enough to where you just flip it back up and it goes right into where they need to be. So that seems to work out also. And just teaching them to, to leave it on their desk and use it when it's necessary. And um, if I find that that doesn't work, then I just remove it from their desk and then we wait until they're ready. So, um, so those are some of the management skills I use and it seems to, to work because they all want to use the Chromebooks. We do a lot of research. We also teach them how to do PowerPoint and you know how to write stories. So are you are you teaching the kids to use all the Google tools then? Yes, I am. Mm -hmm. So yeah, what do you oh, what do you find is the most? And Jen, I'm not sure if you're aware if you're that your camera's off, so we are not seeing your beautiful face. Well, it's not that beautiful, so it's okay. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it was. I saw it earlier. But um, if you want to turn it on, there's a button up on the top. Um, what do you find that the kids like like to use the most, or or are they the most successful when they use what? Which Google tools are you in? Are you liking for second grade right now? Right. The tools that I use right now, of course, when uh, my students first get into the classroom, they haven't had the opportunity to use a Chromebook, so I have to teach them first how to um, write a Gmail account, and ours they're students' account is very long, and so it takes them a while to practice doing that. And what I do to help them, I run off a, um, a keyboard on a piece of paper, color-coded, and I have them practice going back and forth with the key so they can start memorizing where these letters are located for their Gmail account. Once I feel comfortable with that, then the sites that I let them start out with first are ones like uh, math, reinforcing math lessons. Mm-hmm. Things of that sort. So you actually have them practice logging in, shall we say, on that paper keyboard before they actually do it on the Chromebook? Exactly. Yes, I do. It, and I think it helps them. So a lot of times children, when they first do this, they get uncomfortable, like they're going to um, not be able to get, uh, get into their uh, Gmail account and start. Because that's also how they get into the Chromebook, is by the Gmail account. Mm -hmm. So. Um, yeah, I'll be practice a little bit so they can be sure where the letters are located on the keyboard. I think that's great a great way to to scaffold that to ensure student success. And right, and they do. They feel comfortable and then I say, Okay, now let's open up the Chromebook and start practicing. So, that's, so those are some of the techniques I use. But mainly uh, right when I first start I use it as a reinforcement of skills they already know. And just to reinforce it through those learning games that they have. And then after that, you start using it more as a research tool. Right. And also, then they would, um, what they do is they might like go on a, a video and learn something about a lion. And then after they would do that, they would write it in their notebook. Have a, each child has a science book, a math book, 
their little journals and they write information and then they transfer the information into Google Docs and then what I then they share it with me so they learn how to share their information and then I correct it make comments on it and they give it back to them so it's it's a way of um, checking in how well they're doing their their daily work also and that's great and so they they're practicing their actual uh, handwriting skills or printing right. skills on the in notebooks the first and then they transcribe that into I the Google Doc yeah mm -hmm. Right, and then when they share it with me, I, I'm allowed to make comments on the side to correct it, or to make a comment, did you, how many capitals did you remember to use, or punctuation marks, or something like that. I think Lisa does that in fifth grade, too. <laughs> yeah, I do, and sometimes I include a video, because I get tired of writing the same thing, so I just give them a video to watch that reminds them how to do the capital letters. <laughs> That's great, yeah. That, and you can write that comment to them, right? To yes. Yeah. yeah. So, do the kids then go ahead and revise the work, or they, they have? Yes. Of course, I am a I'm a person that am always walking around, and so I can always sit next to a child and say, "Do you need some help?" and just encourage them. So, younger students, you just seem like you want to just give them a lot of information up front, and then they start working independently. So. Yeah, they need a lot more front-loading, I think, yeah. uh, for things. But that they're they're very capable. I, I think a lot of times teachers are unsure about using technology because they feel like the students can't handle it. Mm -hmm. Have you found that there's anything that you've tried that was a little too tough that didn't work, or were you or were they pretty much able to do anything you threw at them? Well. They surprise me how well they can go onto different websites and type them in and get right to work. And a lot of the learning games they compete with each other, and so that's also something that it just—it's almost like you step away and they are kind of in control of the classroom environment. And they, there's a lot of learning with some dog in math, so that's really helpful that they can uh, challenge each other is what they're doing. Oh, well, that's so you're putting them in charge of their learning. I love that. I don't know if you heard, but that was our timer. Okay. So that was 14 minutes. We have an we have a minute to go. Uh, do you have any closing thoughts that you'd like to share with anybody who's uh, watching about how they might go ahead and do this, or any any other thoughts? I think the key to doing technology in the classroom is letting go and let it happen and you'll have the support of your students because they want that technology. They want the feel that they can do something different and acquire knowledge that way. So I think as a teacher you have to let go and let it happen and not when you have I have 27 students in my room and and when you have that many students you like to kinda control the situation but I try to allow them to have the freedom of making mistakes, learn from your mistakes and then move on. I love that. Let go and let it happen. I, I do. I was saying, I'm thinking, I'm doing a training next week. I think I'm going to use that. Yeah, it, <laughs> it, it's working for me. Yeah. Well, that's terrific. Thank you so much for being our guest and for being so patient as we went through all the technical difficulties behind the scenes. You taught me a lot. Thank you. <laughs> oh, well, thank you. Thank you. Okay. All right. And I'm going to stop the broadcast. All right.